If Maria supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. Blah blah blah. The blah blah blah. Sending out good vibes. You'll charge it with an extra dose of mushrooms and send it back. We I'll send it back you. extra cosmic. <laughs> we'll do that. All right. Right on, Thank Ben. Thank you for the opportunity. That's a great opportunity. Right. Okay, guys. Welcome back to the Grand America Show. We are going to be chatting with Ben Vonderheide a little bit later. About the little statue dudes. I forget. I always forget what they're called. No Molly. The No Molly statues. Ben was No Molly stones. Yeah. No Molly stones, statues, little dudes, whatever. They're great. They're cool looking little guys. We hit it off great with Ben. I think we're actually going to get one of these No Mollies sent to the studio and he's going to hang out here for a couple weeks, but we'll get into that a little bit later. I think it's up to us to figure out the shipping. For I that. know. Yeah. Okay. We don't have to get into that logistical okay, 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 do we okay. why don't we just give him the address um and we got friend of the show michael who's joining us for this intro he's here all night actually michael i think now that he's moved back to the area is going to be spending a little more time in here he's going to maybe slowly become the new brody hopefully with a little luck and then one day hopefully not just leave us quit us but he's, he's that, spooky true foe. Are you a spooky true foe in the chats these yeah, days that's it yeah that's it's it. always okay. something something true foe yeah, yeah. And we got everybody's favorite podcaster, Graham. I haven't eaten in five fucking days. Dunlop, well, how's it been going, over buddy? five days. It's been oh. over five, coming up on five and a half days, I think. How many hours? I don't know. What's, oh, I uh, what's 24 it. times Sorry. five plus? Uh, no, I thought you were just like watching it go by. Like no, you had I, was a clock looking, I was just running. <laughs> I thought about oh that. God. I thought about that. You should have an ongoing clock. I thought about that. Damn It'd be that. funnier if it was counting down from the 10 days. So to start, yeah. it starts oh, at 240 good, that's hours. A, that's a good one, yeah. And you'd be down to like 116 yeah. right now or something. So no, the, I mean, what are the hours? They so have 116 been, hours to go It's been so. uh, 24 times five plus six and a half, say. Testing the brain power after five days with no calories? Yeah. Yeah. You're doing yeah. just water? He pomegranate juice. So, oh, the, pomegranate. so it's been about 126 hours. I got to say, yeah. he's lost some weight. He's trimmed up. He's kind of... Sucked in, you know, his flabby skin is kind of sucking up. His face is cleared a up a little day, bit. Probably, I've lost eleven and three. Oh, and I was expecting him. Too fast, I think. I was expecting yeah. him to be way grumpier. Oh, it's it's. it's I'm 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 actually calmer. I think it's it's it's. Sometimes it's hard to say if I'm more focused or or it's harder to focus. It's weird, but I mean, I I was narrating a book and it felt it felt better. It really felt better. So it, it's been good. I feel good. It's cool. been pretty good. But I mean, I thought after two or three days, I thought, no problem. I'm going to do this 10 days. Yeah. But now that I'm like halfway through, I'm like, I don't know. I sure. might just, I might just. Uh, Why? Because I just. Give up? It's only 10 It's not days. giving up. It's just because I got Because Sunday was, because Sunday was. Because uh, he's getting hungry as a motherfucker. How about yeah. that? Yeah. That's yeah. a pretty the, good The physical hunger doesn't bother me. It's the it's craving of food, the mindfulness part of the craving, which yeah, is so it's it's crazy. It's very, it oh, crazy. I do, I do. I mean, I've been yeah. serving it for five days. It's 
It's really interesting. I used to do the master cleanse and work in restaurants. Yeah. And so it's really hard because you're serving really good food yeah. all day is your job. And it's yeah. I'd pass like trays of hamburgers. You ever see a whole sheet tray of hamburgers come out of the oven? It's just like all swimming in like right. half an inch of grease. You know, all these hamburger patties all swimming go. in grease. It's so gross. But I walked past it on like day five of a cleanse. And was just like, oh, I could just put that in a funnel and eat the whole thing. Yeah. You know, it's just like, oh. Yeah. And but you drink cups of bacon grease or something. Just keep observing that and drink your, drink your, you drink your. It's just a palm. It's just a, it's just, no, it's just a couple ounces of pomegranate and then water. And that's all I yeah, have. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. Well, the master cleanse is an ounce of lemon, an ounce of maple syrup, however much cayenne you like, and then eight ounces of water. Yeah. 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 What? So they limit your water even? No, 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 no that's, that's the, what that's you drink it with. Like, oh. that's the measurement. You drink as much as you want. You'll probably drink three liters a day. Mm. I just don't mind eating food. Oh, it's just it's, like taking a break. It's, it's it, it is. It's really changed my relationship to food and yeah. realized how. I mean, I knew it was in it. What 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 happened was like I I kind of just went with after t CAC contacted cabin. I was in pretty good shape at, at CAC, and I sprained my knee and I gained like twenty five to thirty pounds. In like two or three months, because I just went. You know what? Like the diet's gone. I'm just going to eat what I like Making and see, kind of see what happens. Like I was just what just Makes you know my off fucking right. my off fucking muscle. It did. Yeah. It totally affected the healing. Well, especially I all think the my knees. Of all yep. that processed food you were eating. Yep. Too. And that's and that's what. So I mean, I was just eating junk and eating yeah. carbs and back to the bread and the. Now's a good time. And uh, it's just really interesting to see Before that transition. And, and uh, it's so hard to fast when it's like minus 30 out. Yeah, it's that's so true. Hard. Yeah. So it's been, it's been later, a good experience. You're the heaviest you've ever been. It's going to been a, been a good experience. So you're coming yeah. back down to cack weight. I mean, keto, ketosis, I'll probably just go stick with that a little bit. Oh, I'm not even close to cack weight yet. It's like you got pregnant yeah, another, like, 20 and he gained all this weight in his pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> Almost like that, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah well thanks for your support thanks for your support yeah you know <laughs> i but i've been cheering you yeah, on. yeah yeah i haven't been too bad i could have cut i got a bunch of food in my truck man i got some chips i got those little pepperettes you know the spicy ones yeah oh, i don't like some yeah those. Chi actually chips is one of the I things just, i've been looking at I going, got some wow, chips in there good. like just that and i left know. it in there so as not to That's tempt good. you I brought a mushroom burger for supper. So if you want a mushroom elk burger. Oh, geez. You could With a bun? Yeah, totally. It's a really nice. Burger. I went to my friend's barbecue on Saturday and it was like so. Why ridiculous. would you go to a Well, because I said I was going to go and I forgot about it and then I went. <laughs> and it was, like, in, oh, it was the most. Oh, 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 there was the most food. I'm you guys are all eating. There was the most food. No, no. I, I didn't stick around. I didn't, I didn't stick around. I like <laughs> said hi to a bunch of friends and left. You'd have to. You can't. Anyway. There was the most food I've ever seen at barbecue. Big fat burgers coming off the grill, and I'm just smelling it. I'm like, oh my God, it's I like can't it's do it. It's dripping off their elbows. I was expecting you to be late for work. at the same time. I was like, he's going to sleep in. Oh, no, it's been, the, the sleeping's been great. I slept a lot, a lot, a lot on the weekend. <laughs> I yeah. know, that's how you kept like, I slept 11 hours last night. I was like, that's because you have no energy. So I was expecting you to like sleep till 10 today. Yeah, no, so Stroll good. into work yeah. a couple hours. No, the later. energy's very consistent. Yeah, and I don't even miss the coffee, which is weird. I thought the coffee would be the hardest part. And no headache? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had a, a massive headache on Saturday. That's one of the reasons why I left the barbecue, too. So Saturday, the second day was the headache day. Yeah. And then after that, you know. 
Then you feeling feel pretty better. good. Feeling pretty good. Yeah. Probably day seven. You'll been meditating day. a ton. Like it's mm-hmm. easy to get into meditation. It's interesting how clear that is. Mm-hmm. Well, food definitely alters it. Yeah. Yeah. And I just don't. I don't mind the hunger. I like the hunger feeling. I can't stand to lose any weight. This is bro. I, I don't. I, I can't go without eating here. I know. Well, you wouldn't necessarily lose weight if you don't have it. You would do more of a flush. Is what would probably end up happening. Yeah. I'm trying to gain weight over here. Yeah. Anyway, I'm so I'm surprised. You wait, way to go. You're holding up well. Thanks, buddy. I expect I expect you to be a fucking mess by now. I gotta say, grumpy. That's big. Oh no, no, it's good. I'm, oh, I've been less grumpy. I would yeah, say. you have yeah. been less grumpy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a little less triggered lately. Get out a pen and paper and write this down, or a pencil. Why don't you send some physical mail to the Grimerica Show? At P.O. Box 16033, next line, uh-huh. 100-815, 17th Avenue, SW, next line, uh-huh. Calgary, Alberta, next line, uh-huh. Canada, next line, uh-huh. T2T, space, 5H7, that's the P.O. Box. That's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty wrapped up there. Oh yeah, well, it came all the way from the East Coast. So, so Darren's just opening something from the. Actually, it wasn't the peel box because it probably didn't get, couldn't get. To, oh, oh, I know no, what it is. He asked for the. Uh, I know what it is. Studio yeah. address. Yeah. It's, so it's I don't this. know why Darren requested this or what he got it for. I didn't request why, it. No. Someone just emailed and asked if we wanted it. Oh really? Yeah. Okay, so you're not spending our Grammarica funds for this, eh? No. Okay. It's a gift. Can I help you with that? This is a, a podcast as well. Paul, well, you're supposed to be talking. <laughs> Fill in the blank. You're supposed to give a so play it's by a skateboard. Play. It looks like. Yep, it would be good. Looks like an old school skateboard. If if I know, I don't really know my skateboards. No, it's a skinny deck instead of a the fat ones is that it? we used to have. Oh, look at that! The bottom's like the Grimerica show. There you go. Finish her off, there, buddy. Whoa! Isn't that gnarly? That is awesome. Are you a skater? I used to be. I skated a little back in the day. I'll ride it. I still have, still have my deck from high school. Isn't that something? I mean, if I could have shown that to my like, my kids 15, love it. Fifteen-year-old self, he would have a Woody. My kids love a it. The kids all, when they come over, they. Oh yeah, totally. This is great. We need a guitar maker. <laughs> he's slowing he's down. totally straight. Yeah, he's, he's slowing down. Yeah. If Graham had some <laughs> burger in him, he would just have tore that thing out. I'm trying not to. In- oh, see? Oh, he heard him. Not- he's going to bleed out. As soon as I said, I'm trying not to injure myself. You want the knife? He doesn't have energy to bleed. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have energy to coagulate. Oh, and scratch the Don't room. cut the grip tape, cut bro. Cut the other side. Good strong finish there. Graham. I'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see if I can jump over the ring. Oh, you scratched the grip tape. Oh wow, you're not done yet. <laughs> no, he's he's giving up and he's trying to peel it off the end. Hey, look, I fucking oh, no. injured myself already. Medic. Oh, look at that! All over it. So there it is. Oh, I guess I'll show it to live people. It I'm is sweating. The first Grimerica show skateboard. 
awesome. Standard skateboards with Who the giant Grimerica show uh, logo on the bottom. Well, I should have been more flip. prepared is what I should have been. Do a kickflip. Let me... Uh, uh, where is it here? That's pretty sweet. I'll find the email. Does he do Dude. snowboards too? Yeah, seriously. I think he does do snowboards too. If people want, or actually skis. I mean, no snowboards, but no, I would. I'll send him. I'll send him my snowboard. skis. Could they put like just put it on the skis? Could you put it on skis that are already? Oh yeah, like a stick. Mine are pretty ugly. Mm. Yours are. Yeah. That's too bad. Your skis are so. Will you put it on the bottom of your skis? Wouldn't it just get peeled off? No, no, off the top. Right the top. We should get with a snowboard company and just have them come out with a Grimerica issue of like 500 or something. Wow, that's a good idea. That is a pretty good idea. It'd be like a collector's item. And do you ski in the Olympics? Or? In the Olympics, people will do their like their trick, and you'll see Grimerica there on the bottom of their snowboard. <laughs> we'll have somebody actually riding in the Olympics. Like, when's the next one? 2024? That's probably too soon. Well, I don't know. 2020, I guess. No, the wait, the Winter Olympics are every other year, so it would be like 2022, wouldn't it? I think so. So it's from Mr. Crass from Crass Snowboarding. Crass Snowboarding awesome. Manufacturing, I'll, Inc. I'll put a light link to that in the show. Yeah, it's www.crass.ca. Uh, he says he he says Mr. Crass. So I don't know. Uh, uh, it's Ken... You get in there, head over, call them up, get your custom Grimerica skateboard or your custom Grimerica snowboard, whatever you're going to get, get it. Get it from Ken over Crass Snowboard Manufacturing. We got this sweet skateboard. I'll probably take it for a ride or two, hang it up on the wall. Yeah. Nice little thing. Of course, the other thing we got we didn't talk about yet is our nice little 3D printed Moai my mom got made for us. We got 3D printed and then painted it. Really? That's cool. Yeah, that one there. Yeah. A little wire for the UFO. Yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> all the gear we're getting for the studio coming together. Imagine this all squished into a little trailer motorhome thing. Oh, well, we'd have a couple slides. Yeah. yeah. It'd be like, it'd be almost oh, the I same size as this thing. A little narrower. Yeah. Maybe we get a double-decker bus. There we go. Now we're talking. And a deck on top. Triple-decker. So, what you got? Well, since it's coming up to September 11th, there's some news. Have you not heard? Can I have the jingle cord? Ah, oh, come on. We're doing this? You're playing podcasts on the podcast No, I'm again? playing YouTube on the podcast. <laughs> this is our so buddy James Corbett. This is how we get kicked this off This is YouTube. our buddy James Corbett. Okay, so did you guys know about this? About what? I haven't, I haven't seen anything okay, in like the last we two weeks. All right, ready? So. A structural reevaluation of the collapse of World Trade Center 7 has been announced by the Institute of Northern Engineering at the University of Alaska Fairbanks. I know you've seen this, as I say, but let's just put some of this on the record for those who haven't seen it. So he's making fun of the media because, of course, nobody's heard a peep of this in the mainstream media. So the FBI, one of their final, one of their final training facilities is in Fairbanks in Alaska. Oh yeah. Yeah, supposedly it's like it's only like one story above ground, but supposedly it's like 32 stories below ground. 
Wow. Of World Trade Center 7 has been released by the Institute of Northern Engineering at the University of Alaska Fairbanks. I know you've seen this, as I say, but let's just put some of this on the record for those who haven't seen it. I'm reading from the project summary at the project's homepage at ine.uaf.edu. This is a study of the collapse of the 47-story World Trade Center Building 7, WTC 7, at 5.20 p.m. on September 11, 2001. The objective of the study was threefold. One, examine the structural response of WTC 7 to fire loads that may have occurred on September 11, 2001. Two, rule out scenarios that could not have caused the observed collapse. And three, identify types of failures and their location that may have caused the total collapse to occur as observed. And I'll let you read through the rest of that project summary. But of course, the key finding, the principal conclusion of our study is that fire did not cause the collapse of WTC-7 on 9-11, contrary to the conclusions of NIST and private engineering firms that studied the collapse. The secondary conclusion of our study is that the collapse of WTC-7 was a global failure involving the near simultaneous failure of every column in the building. All right, so some stunning stuff. And as I say, I know you've seen this plastered all over the news. Just for an example, let's turn to some of that news coverage and let's play a clip, say, from CNN about this remarkable new study. Crickets. <laughs> So, James, that's like a 20-minute video, 15-minute video, and he goes into the course of the media and all, and then he talks about his mo- that, like the missing trillions, I think, is the one mm-hmm. name of his really good mm-hmm. documentary on it and a five-minute run on there. and It's fantastic, yeah. So there you go. So that's from a university. Do you listen to or, or you, Corbett? I listen uh, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I pay Corbett. It's one of the yeah. He, he's he one was of the one of the first shows that I, I that I ever started sporting. Almost always. Sorry, what was that? That I constantly keep up on. Oh, really? One of the ones I oh, try and keep up on. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's pretty pretty interesting, right? I at first I I didn't realize I thought it was of the towers, but it's actually of Building Seven. But I'd be I'd be interested to know if they're doing the towers as well. Well, oh, that one was just Building Seven's a good start. I mean, maybe we'll find out when we go to Richard Gage's for dinner. Yeah, that would maybe be great, he'll right? know. Yeah, maybe. What in the? F- oh yeah. Did Are you, you see- done with the clipboard? Yeah. You, did you see Richard Gage when he came to town? No. Hmm. When did he come to town? I don't know. It was Years probably, ago. Yeah, it was like probably. Well, they've got simulations on here too. That's really how it would have fallen. Yeah, it would have fallen off. Yeah. <laughs> and taken out like three blocks. Yeah. Oh yeah, like most of Manhattan should have yeah. been devastated. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's why when it started to go, I was just like, oh, my God. I'm like, wait, what just happened? (laughs) No, it shouldn't have been like that. Wait, what? Wait, what? I listened on the radio. He must have come in like 2013 or somewhere around there. He was at the Unity Church. It was pretty cool. There was like 70 or 80 people there. I wasn't switched on yet. Hmm. Graham's watching fucking YouTube videos on the show now. It's the profound quote of the week. Oh, perfect. Okay, we'll stick on this theme. I got one lined up for you. Darren, can you guess it? See if you can guess this, Darren. It's the profound <clears throat> quote of the week. Can you guess the human who spoke it? 
If you tell a lie big enough and keep repeating it, people will eventually come to believe it. The lie can be maintained only for such time as the state can shield the people from the political, economic, and or military consequences of the lie. It thus becomes vitally important for the state to use all of its powers to repress dissent, for the truth is the mortal enemy of the lie, and thus by extension, the truth is the greatest enemy of the state. Uh, okay. Is it in my usual thing? Kind of attached to the, the you, you said this quote the other day, and you might have got the person wrong, because like, you said it on the show. I said it? Yeah. If, on you the tell, show? if you tell a lie big enough. Oh, Hitler. No, Goebbels. Well, originally it was Hitler. Garbles probably wrote it for Hitler. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I guess. Makes sense. Okay, here's another one. He was extremely hypnotized. I highly doubt anything that came out of him was his own stuff. Who, Goebbels? No, Hitler. Hitler. Really? Yeah. A real investigation of 9-11 would destabilize the United States political system, and it could even lead to a civil war. The truth about 9-11 is so horrific that if the American people actually were to learn that truth... They would completely lose confidence in their system because the truth of matter is the f that a faction of power here in the United States, the neoconservative faction, orchestrated the events of September 11, 2001 as a new Pearl Harbor designed to launch their agenda of world domination and a rollback of freedom in the United States. And that's, uh, go ahead. Dave McGowan. No, that's D Dr. Kevin Barrett. Oh, we had him on the show. We did. A PhD, Arabist, Islam, Islamologist, an author, and well-known critic of the phony War on Terror. Is that it? Yeah. Excellent quotes from our friend, Charlie Robinson's book, Octopus of Global Control. Get yourself a copy today. What, uh, what else you got? All right, I've got some email synchronicities and stuff. Are you yeah. still bleeding? I got an email I got. I, get, I keep procrastinating with, and I should read it. So I'll. Uh, what I'll sort of jingle now. would one play for said email? Just a, a spam ground one or whatever, maybe. Or... Ooh, let's do this one. I haven't done this one in a while. I know this is one of your favorites, too. And now another edition of the Grime American Goodies by the people. Easy on the. Whatever you're doing there. Hi, guys. <clears throat> I said I would send an email to let you know how things went with the indigenous healer I visited in Adelaide. My 13-year-old son and I both flew over and had the healing done. My son has walked with one foot turned inwards his entire life, despite many efforts to correct the issue. So I mentioned this to the interpreter, who in turn mentioned to the healer. After a 15-minute treatment, he was walking straight for the first time in his life, and still is for about four weeks now. She also fixed my severe back pain that I had at the time from an old injury, and she also centered both of our spirits. I can't say that I understand this part of the healing too well, but I certainly felt much more grounded and centered afterwards, and so did my son. They then told me they were coming to Melbourne for four days, and I was eager to take more family members for healing with these amazing people. But unfortunately, they were booked out within the first day of announcing their planned trip. Anyway, sorry to bang on about it again, but I felt like you guys brushed this off a bit when reading my last email, which of course is your prerogative, being your show and all. I think gives a little smiley face. But I really think there are some ancient technologies still available to us today, if we took the time to study them. 
I believe we have access to Earth's energy at specific locations on the planet and that we can experience significant healing at these places. I also believe that this knowledge is being kept from us intentionally to keep the population unwell and paying customers for big pharma and Western medicine. Can you please have a look at the Kalisa Temple on the Kali, Kalilasa, Kialasa Temple at Ellora Caves in India? Please. This place is phenomenal in its construction, but it is also said to heal people to go there. Some researchers and psychics believe that the ancient gods built these temples in specific locations where the energy lines, dragon lines, ley lines, etc., intersect with each other to guide future generations to them. I heard on the DTTV YouTube channel that <clears throat> Kialasa Temple is soon to be or, or is already now closed to the public. I wonder why. The only possible reason I can think of is to keep this earth, earth energy healing out of public knowledge or to keep the advanced technology construction out of the public area or the public arena. Because seriously, no one can explain this amazing place without the use of advanced technology and its construction. As I mentioned in my last email, Michael Tellinger has found the same healing technology at the Stone Circles in South Africa completely by accident. This stuff is really work, worth looking into, I believe. I've been researching ancient history and mythology for a couple years now, jumping down a few rabbit holes along the way, and I don't say these things lightly. And as I'm as busy as I am, I wouldn't waste my time with this email if I didn't believe in its contents. Anyway, time to go. Much to do. Thanks for reading my email. Thanks for the show. Love your work. Wish I was on the same continent so I could go to Cax, meet you all there, keep doing what you're doing. Peace. Cheers. That's Sab from Australia. So, well, maybe we'll have an Aussie Cack one day. You know, there's more yeah. Australians than you think. But they could do a little meetup. Yeah. Why don't you guys do a little Australia meetup and see what the uh, vibe's like? It's, yeah. If, if it's CAC worthy. Same thing with the UK posse should be doing. Get yeah. together, talk it out, because we need to assemble a little team, a little field team to sort of set it out up there. I guess we got Bruce Fenton. So sorry if we seem like we brushed you off last yeah, time. Yeah, I, I just mean, don't know anything about Indian temples is a problem. We'd have to have an expert on it. Well, I, think, I don't think it was about Indian temples in general. I think we brushed them off in the ancient healing stuff. It might have sounded like we weren't too interested. And I mean, it, it, it overlaps with all the stuff we talk about. We're both very interested in it. It's just... Sometimes in the intros, we don't delve too deep into the listener emails and the topics, but we are definitely interested. That's because we just end up you know, sounding stupid. I, we, hey, look, I'm a Reiki, I'm a Reiki guy. I mean, there's are energy you? healing. Still? There's, there's all How different types of energy. We talk, about, we, talk, we talk about astral healing. I mean, there's all kinds of healing that we talk about With here. With the cleanse? Like, is your Reiki more powerful when you're not crushing cheeseburgers? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Do you feel that? Like a more powerful wizard? Uh-oh. The not eating grumpy is setting in. <laughs> <laughs> we still got another whole show to get through. His processor speed is slow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not answering your fucking rhetorical questions. Get this motherfucker some beans. I don't know. It sounds pretty amazing that he went there and had that experience. You know, that's phenomenal. And it's wonderful that he's sharing it with us. There's definitely power places on the Truffaut show. I interviewed Ellis Taylor all about dragon lines oh. and, in the UK and Scotland, all over the aisles. And he, that's a, that was really fascinating to talk to him about all that stuff. I think they're, used to very much be ley lines everywhere. Supposedly the vehicles of Atlantis were 
crystals and you would just turn it forward, you know, so it would be in line with the energy and then your vehicle would move. And if you wanted to slow down, you turned it perpendicular, you know, so wow. that's, what that's if you needed to... using the ley lines for the propulsion somehow. I'm not you sure know what? You know. And they talk about how those roads, like those roads down in Pueblo country, down in Colorado, how they just went straight. No matter what, they went fucking straight over everything instead of going around a hill they go over the hill maybe they're cruising down a ley line yeah, yeah maybe. i don't I think we ever of, brought that up with randall i wonder what kind of music you listen to when you're cruising down the ley line we brought we, well, we brought, haven't had randall on in a while no, no no but at the time people were bringing up different theories about how they moved all those logs down the roads like they might have rolled the, they were that wide and that straight so they could roll logs maybe even over water or maybe because no, the logs them. weren't damaged on the ends yeah Logs are I still in good was, shape. I might be mixing up a couple different things. Yeah. Here. I don't really know what you're talking about. Yeah. But there's also a lot of places like there's that pyramid in Bosnia where yeah. I guess people are, have you checked that out where people yeah. go inside of it and they're doing an excavation or whatever on it and they come out and they feel better. Like rheumatoid arthritis goes away. And wow. Like they feel better after spending time inside of these pyramids. So there's definitely something to you know, places on the earth for some are more healing than others. And definitely the pharmaceutical companies would love for no one to know about that. Yeah. 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 And look at them billions and billions they have, right? They've been raking it in lately. I mean, it's just getting motherfuckers and worse. North America is probably covered in PowerPoints too, you know, that people are sitting on top of and feeling like hell because they just they're sucked into the system. Who was saying they want to do an investigation on ley lines in our chats? They wanted know. to do a, uh, well, no, it was Bill. Was it? Bill Loeb, friend of the, remember he he wants to go out and he, he learned how to hunt for ley lines and he wants to go. Uh, Can't we use the, uh, the, the dowsing rods the I got from Brian from the hat? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so. Probably. At least you can find some underwater aquifers and stuff, or maybe some what oil. What good is an underwater aquifer? That's the that's power from the ley line. Let's go down. What? The ley lines are probably underwater, partially underwater rivers. That's a hell of a theory, Dunlop. Yeah, there he goes. Be. He's cracked the puzzle. <laughs> that's it. The water flows. We just need the book now, and away we go. Uh, so you think we got to get Graham through the weekend? Five more days to go. I don't know if I can make it. You can do it. No. You can do it. So no. I, I don't some... know if I want to. I, you know, I just need to eat soon. <laughs> <laughs> you want to look back and say, oh yeah, 10 days. It was no big deal. So this is why you want to support the show so that Graham can afford to eat. Yep. He's had, he's had to cut back the food. We need support. Go to America.ca slash support. Of course, we love you that do support us. We couldn't do it without you. You do get the. Covers the cranberry juice or whatever he's drinking. Pomegranate. Pomegranate juice, sorry. Is that like the palm? In the palm bottle that looks like an hourglass? Yeah. That's what you drink? It's an ounce, you... a couple ounces in the water. But like the palm stuff? Yep. Oh, okay. Yep. How many? How long's the bottle last you? Two or three days. Wow. I'd be like licking the... Whatever got dried up on the inside of the cap. <laughs> no, it's not that bad. Once you just, it's, we don't need, obviously we don't need the food, right? I mean, well, I mean, oh, yeah, you got crazy. a lot of, it's all, it's all, it's, it's all, all in the head, right? It's yeah, all mental. Totally. It's fucking crazy. You got a lot more stored up supply. I mean, you could go another week. <laughs> oh no, you, he could probably go three weeks without food, like without any calories at all. Yeah. 
Not even the pomegranate juice? Yeah, not even the pomegranate, yep. And that'd be Some like... sun, I'd definitely get more sun. And we could hit the tannin booth. The sun's getting pretty indirect already. Need to hit that tannin booth. Yeah, you need to get into Let's being do it. breathitarian. Try and go the whole month of September without eating. <laughs> I kind of fell into a breathitarian enclave one time. Did you? They were weird. Oh, fantastic. I wonder what kind of support we could drum up for a gram fucking months long. I don't eat anything, Asan. Anyway, support the show. We love you. Grandamerica.ca slash support. New websites there. Everything should work. Clickety-clack. Uh, Stripe, Patreon, PayPal, whatever you want. Pick that. And uh, you can choose your own amounts or whatever you want to do. Do a one-time donation. Whatever you do, we love you for it. And uh, we couldn't do it without you. You guys really make the show go. Get these cool things like skateboards and 3D printed Moais and the ceramic stuff. And I mean, you're spoiled rotten around here. We love you guys. And uh, we're trying to grow this thing. We need to buy the tour bus. That's the next step so we can take this show on the road. America.ca slash support. You guys got anything else to say before we wrap this up? No, I don't think so. All right. You guys enjoy the chat with Ben Vanderhorn. <laughs> Vanderhide. <laughs> Damn it. I, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, Ben. I was guessing. Uh, I should have it written down in front of me, but we got rid of the right on a both tables. So. We love you, Ben. You're great. Shout out to your son. Enjoy the chat. It's a fun one. We've got Ben Vonderheide with us tonight. We're going to be talking about the Nomali stones from West Africa. Kind of these ancient, uh, mysterious stones. Uh, I think they've been on, uh, well, they have been on Ancient Aliens. I don't know if people have seen seen the episode with uh, with them on. It was just this year, a couple months ago. So I'm going to talk to Ben about that. How's it going, Ben? Thanks for uh, talking to us about all this. Very well. Thank you, Graham and Darren, for having us on. No problem. Where do you... Uh, where do you usually like to start? I got a bunch of questions here, but I mean, maybe a little bit of uh, a background, I guess, would be in order. Like, maybe a little bit about the mystery of the stones, and then we can get into <clears throat> maybe how this whole thing came about. Because it's, uh, you know, there is there's a mystery there for sure. Maybe we could start there. Yeah, it's very the very interesting component is that how unknown the stones are is surprising in today's world, where there are so many people who are interested. in into learning about stones, figurines, ancient gods, ancient civilizations. Ancient mysteries, and, yeah. Yeah, ancient mysteries. And these stones are a component in all those areas. 
but they have been purposefully suppressed and obscured. In fact, it's exciting tonight to be on your show because I'm confident that most, if not all of your listeners, have never even heard of Nomali Stones. In fact, my son is uh, sitting over there. He's our techie. And he spent uh, near two years on the Internet reaching out to groups and individuals who specialize in the areas of, that I just mentioned, those who are aficionados. And, and then we went to shows, including the GEM show, and then to MUFON International. Huh. And we found universally that not one person had ever seen or heard of Nomali Stones. It was a phenomenon, a phenomenon if you will, even to the point of... Bill Burns, who started the show UFO Hunters years ago, nice man. He was a keynote speaker at the MUFON, and I kind of pulled him over to the booth. And even he had never seen nor heard of Nomali ancient uh, figurines, stone figurines. They are, uh, so you, you begin to wonder, are they, are they real or is this a, something that's been made up? Like we've seen other other items made up that were suspect after further evaluation. But unlike others, the, the Nomali are uh, a proven quantity. They are, they were first identified by, by outside Africans, the Portuguese sailors in the 1400s. And they were first written about in 1855 at Thompson on Africa out of New York, uh, written about again in the late 1800s, short pieces. Yeah. In the early 1900s by Walter Edwin, about four or five pages in his one book. And then you fast forward to the 1955 Thor Heyerdahl. I'm sure you and your viewers are familiar with, <clears throat> excuse me, the Contiki. Yep. And Thor Heyerdahl, who was instrumental in proving that the ancients saw the waterways as thoroughfares and not as obstacles was the, the key ingredient. But again, with the Contiki, and other than the Contiki, which everyone is familiar with, he also led the first expedition to Easter Island. And in his writings on that in the 1950s, he mentioned that these stones, again, people are most well aware of the large stones on Easter Island, very highly publicized. But there were smaller carved figurines that were found in small secret caves that had been hidden and protected there. And Thor Heyerdahl mentioned that the uh, those stones were the, the closest to those stones were the Nomali from West Africa. Hmm. So he had mentioned them. And in 1990, we see on Unexplained Mysteries on television, the story of, um, of, uh, of Angelo Patoni, which we'll talk about in a little while in this, some publication. But then they pretty much drop out of uh, into obscurity. Now, there are reasons for that. They are from West Africa. They only come from Sierra Leone, Liberia, and Guinea. And they have been oppressed for political, social, religious, medical, about every reason you can imagine. I was just going to ask about why you, you figure they were suppressed, or they are suppressed. Yes, well, they were dug up in the ground, so... There, no one knows where they came from originally. There's no writing. It's not a writing. It's not a written uh, civilization there. It's uh, verbal uh, is their method throughout history. But they were primarily, of course, the, the 
Muslimization of the area and the, in some regards, the Christian uh, missionaries would all be, for the most part, more extreme, those who are not as tolerant of other people's beliefs. And as they move into the area, they uh, strongly oppress, suppress, and will will um, take violent action against those who practice the ancient arts. But more so in West Africa, well, let's compare it. Let's say if they found a set of figurines that no one had heard about that were connected to ancient Native Americans, there would be so much excitement. There would be thrills of, of uh, throughout the communities. But in West Africa, not so much. And a part of that is that the culture itself has disconnected from their past and the beliefs, the tribal beliefs, because they don't want to appear as uncivilized. That includes the political realms, the scientific realms, the education realms, uh, the, the, uh, you know, the academic rather realms. And so they would... Even if you go, surprisingly, to African studies professors in America, you will find that, for the most part, they disconnect to the tribal beliefs and do not ascribe to nor give any credibility to them, uh, which, you know, is is disappointing and unfortunate for them. Yeah, yeah, for many reasons, because there's probably some legitimacy to that, how advanced they were or even about their spiritual practices. So one of the things with the Nomali and the resurgence of their energy and their awareness is we like the idea that it does uh, demonstrate that there was value and that there were these traditions are, are, uh, were, were godly. They were blessings and that they, it's possible that these individuals now could gain from connecting to their ancients and to their ancestors. Yeah, yeah. So, what are some of the things that would I would you would make you identify these as Nomali stones? Like, are they made out of different materials? Are the same same material, or is it because uh, I think you mentioned they're all different sizes? So, what yeah, are some other, what are some of the other distinguishing characteristics? The Nomali stones are carved figurines. So they are carved out of soapstone primarily, but sometimes granite, sometimes sedimentary stone, mm-hmm. and some maybe meteoric. The, I think it's best if I back, drop, back up uh, uh, and talk about the Nomali gods first. That'll give a background to the stones. Yeah. Well, you know, I guess first I should say that a little more about them physically. They are made of, that, of those materials. They're carved, and they have been uncovered in the grounds of West Africa in the jungle. And they are not, uh, unlike other relics that you would have seen on television and heard about. They're not found in temples. They're not found in grave sites. They're randomly buried in the bush, anywhere from the near surface down to 140, 150 feet wow. deep. And the there's no one who knows who buried them. There's no guaranteed uh, uh, evidence. Uh, there are theories. And... Um, and time frames, even so, there are some that have been identified time-wise. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so again, they're found randomly. They're dug up. And so, what is a Nomali stone? What does it represent? Well, they are named after the gods, the Nomali gods. And the tribal belief is that long ago there were a race, a civilization of angels who lived in the sky and gods, if you will, and they misbehaved, 
And as punishment for their misbehavior, the supreme god forced them into turned their entire part of the sky of the heaven into stone and rained it down upon the earth and forced them to come and live upon the earth where in they lived amongst the tribes and they blessed them with the attributes and the blessings which they could instill upon them they were said to be very large there is an image of uh, of uh, Nomali riding on an elephant, and he's larger, much larger than the elephant. Uh, they're said that their eyes were so bright that if they looked, if you looked him in the eye, it was like looking at the sun. And their voices projected such, and it was so loud that when they spoke in one village, they could be heard in another village. So the Nomali gods are said to, if you ask the tribal uh, leaders or shamans or medicine women and men, the chiefs, they would tell you that no human has carved the authentic Nomali stones, that they were handed down from the gods to the tribes, to the individuals and to the tribal leaders, to, uh, and they were infused with the powers and the blessings, and they were handed down to be utilized in ceremonies traditional practices. Yeah, it's fascinating. So is there any other type of ability, like talking about the spiritual thing? I mean, I've heard you mention that some people have been able to feel things from them maybe, or like they, are they somewhat, um, I don't, I don't want to get too deep down the rabbit hole right now, but you know, Why not just magical, right magical in. in any way, you know, talismans or amulets or anything like that? Well, certainly they have been utilized by the shamans of West Africa, the medicine women and medicine men and the chiefs, and they would, would state that they do have amazing powers. And magical would not be a word that would be too out of the reach of what they would ascribe to these stones. Like cell phones? They were cell stones? <laughs> yes, yes. Now, I can say this. In my personal experience, I have seen that those who have acquired stones have had a profound uh, impact upon their lives, whether it's healing, whether it's uh, emotional and, and other strife that they're going through. Uh, they just have had amazing uh, impact. It's not just a stone that they sit on a shelf, but they activate them, they use them in meditations, they use them in healings. Uh, as Jeff the Shaman, if you uh, had seen the video on on our site with Jeff the Shaman yep. in Florida, yep. huh? Have you found? Have you found? Um, how many do you have yourself? You have a few, dozens, really. And and do they yeah. say that they're all found, or are they still finding them now? That would depend on who you ask, but I I think it would be. Uh, I mean, there are experts who would tell you that there that no authentic nomalia have been found in years, but I would question how they could possibly say that. Is there a way that you can kind of cross-check uh, whether they're authentic or not? Like, do you, do well, you, do ours, you were authenticated, ours were authenticated by Professor Kwaku Afoyanza, who was the art professor at Howard University in Washington for 37 years. He was born in Ghana, and he was the, or is he, uh, the um, official uh, overseer of the museum. Uh, African Art Museum of Maryland. So he uh, did authenticate our stones 
um, specifically. And of course, ours were also exhibited at the museum over a two-year-plus two period of time. Do you... Um, How big is the biggest one? Are they all the same size? No, they're all different sizes. No, How are, big is the biggest one? The biggest one I have is 18 inches tall. It's the chief it's stone. It's, it's very heavy. That's uh, over 20 pounds. Um, yeah, that would have been one that would have been used for the enskinment and indoctrination of a chief. You see it on the video. It was a centerpiece of the museum exhibit. Very amazing stone. It was specifically gifted from a chief uh, deep in the bush long ago when there was a determination that uh, apparently they knew more than I did back then. Is that like as big as the biggest one they found? or No, I believe there may be big ones. That's the largest I've ever seen. And they're uh, looking at the ones that, I've, that are on the exhibit at museums and that have been sold at Sotheby's. None of them are anywhere near as large as the uh, chief stone, which I have. Uh, I'm sh they have been collected, long collected. In fact, in 1855, when, after Thompson wrote the book, it's mentioned within four years, he had a collection of at least 10. The British royalty has long collected Nomoli stones. In fact, they have been faked. There are thousands of, of uh, replicas that have been that flooded the market decades ago huh. uh, that you can find on eBay and other places. That sucks. So you have some of these ones. Do you feel like... I, I have some questions for some from some uh, friends of the show. Do you, feel, do you feel like you need to justify selling these artifacts at all? No. No, you're okay with that. Even though they need, even though they need, you know, more investigation and get more people interested and and figure out more aspects of the mystery. Well, yeah, as I as I visualize it, we can uh, keep them on shelves in museums and sell them to collectors. Yeah, but that's not the intention. If uh, if they look at our website, they'll see what we're doing is we're making nine stones available. Eight are going to be sold. One's going to be utilized in a um, a nonprofit in the inner city. Those stones are going to be acquired by individuals who are uh, exceptional in their modality. We are looking at new and emerging healing techniques and uh, traditional, as well as those in the scientific and uh, theory, ancient alien, ancient civilization theories. And we want to follow on film, including some really exciting new filming technology that's available that pick things up that weren't picked, weren't uh, discernible before. And we're very interested in filming that, and that's the basis of the television series which we're working on now. So I have no, no problem for a number of reasons. Um, uh, this is the right thing to do with the stones. And certainly uh, now if I, if, you know, we have also invested a great deal into getting this far, and we need, certainly need funding to move the project forward. That's a good point, actually. I feel like more will be done going this route than having them sit in some museum you know that'll never they'll never really get looked at they must be pricey what do you think they'll go for we need a nomali well, stone for the studio <laughs> yeah the average nomali will if you look at sotheby's will start at six thousand oh jesus so we're we've got some at six thousand i mean the, the interesting thing of course is that if you look at them you'll see they increase in prices uh, increase in value and certainly as these stones are utilized and demonstrate their power, they will increase in value. Huh. Did I, did I That's see a something? a couple of art crystals. What about, what if we just wanted like... Uh, to lease one? Or like just... We could like, lease one and put it on the table. Where could we get a good knockoff? 
just to like <laughs> no we want to like we just want to you know present the culture without spending six grand <laughs> yeah well i'd have no problem if you were secure uh, somehow just to make sure i get it back i'd be happy to send it out to you use it on a couple shows and oh wow there you go. That's, a, that's a good idea we could do some, you know, healing. We could do some meditation around it, and we'll take some pictures some with healing. it. Yeah, yeah. Well, Poses. maybe you'd be on. Maybe you would uh, have something worthy, worthwhile. You could have a real good experience. It could be usable on the show. Because again, yeah, yeah. this is. Yeah. This I'll is eat some after. mushrooms with the little guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's been mentioned that we really should introduce him to somebody on Ayahuasca Adventure and see. These are the type of things we want to do, whether it's uh, in the bush or in a sound room. You know, we want to see what happens when you utilize them. We know that they've been used in healings. We know that Jeff's used them in healings. We, I have personally seen what happens to people when they touch them. Sometimes readers have seen what happens to people when they have a healing. And uh, so I'm confident that we don't uh, have any, any doubt that there's going to be something very exciting filmed here. Yeah, and yeah that's great. To, and also to introduce people that are practicing new modalities and introduce these type of things to people and follow the cases and see what the results are of the of the uh, impact of a stone upon a healing yeah or yeah. a reading yeah yeah well, if Darren, you send well, down, try some i will DMT eat some mushrooms with them i will sit here at the table he'll sit there <laughs> and i'll eat some psilocybin and we'll see what happens you're on i'm Have down for those sort of experiments yeah, yeah. yeah. That's in the service of mankind. Yeah, allegedly. I'm going to say allegedly <laughs> just for. Uh, I'll, I'll watch it. I'll, I'll sit on this chaperone? one. I'll chaperone this ah, one. Comes back. We <laughs> stopped chaperoning for a couple of years. He got sick of us. You may find when you touch a stone, you don't need a mushroom. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> was it was it goal, did i see it? something in, in your work or on your um <coughs> on one of your videos where some of them have something inside the stone or some of them have found there was one angelo patoni found and before we get off that subject yeah, what yeah, we yeah. want to do in that yeah. regard is pick, pick yeah. a stone you could look through the video and or we can tell you which stones we have handy and uh maybe one will call out to you that would be uh more more your resonate with your vibrational patterns as we say okay but yes sure. angelo patoni found a stone in the 1990 uh, area and he had taken it back to his place and he heard what he thought were vibrational sounds and so he had it x-rayed and found there was a ball bearing in the stomach there was no hole in the stone where a bearing could have been inserted there was no hole in the mouth where it would have dropped down he had it extracted and tested and it was uh, a, a ball bearing with chromium in it which is interesting because chromium had not been identified until 1761 in modern mankind and this stone was found in strata that tested to be 17,000 years old wow um, an uh, upa or what lord what are they out of place yeah, out of place artifact yeah, yeah. it was uh klaus donna who got involved with testing that stone too if you've ever heard of him he's a specialist yeah, yeah. Go, is he the gobekli tepe guy i think he he has been involved with that uh, but he's been around forever. I mean, this was the 1990s. And I know the just the other week or the other month when I was out at the Ancient Aliens, they tried to contact him, and he was on an adventure on the, on the seas, I believe. So he's still actively 
doing his work. And, and they had it analyzed in Vienna, Germany, Austria, I believe, a number of laboratories um, uh, evaluated that chromium ball. And the chromium was not isolated until 1790s again, but it was identified initially in 1761. So that was a, an interesting find. Yeah, that's so the, the Gobekli Tepe guy is Klaus Schmidt, oh, and right, he passed yeah. away five years ago. Yeah. Okay, no, this is Klaus Dano. Okay, I've heard of that you know, too, though. And something for some, I can't remember what those Klauses. They, you know, yeah. they're big archaeology Klaus, guys. Yes. Huh. So, how did you get into? Uh, where do you want to go from here, Darren? You want to go? How did you find the? You know, what what made you take it to this level of you know getting to on ancient aliens and really? Well, I want. Or, or do we want to talk about more well, of the wanna, suppression I wanna, first? Cause... I want to know what kind. So that little dude that had the ball bearing in him, what kind of stone is that? That's a Nomali stone. It's a dragon-looking, uh, I would say, image. What's the like, What do you mineral? mean? What kind of material? The stone itself? Yeah. yeah. So the stones vary in design from a classic Nomali stone, which that stone would qualify as, from my recollection, and uh, the classic Nomali stone would be the image of a Nomali god. It would have the protruding eyes, likely it would have. Now, sometimes they have the amphibious it, it, you know, infusion, which uh, that one did, a dragon. Like the one behind you, kind of, like that? Yes, exactly. That is uh, the one that connected us to the Dogon. We were able to connect the Nomali to the Dogon, based partially on having that stone in our collection. So, uh, what I was talking about was... Yeah, yeah, the material... Darren is trying to figure out what kind of material that one was made out of that had the chromium ball bearing in it. Oh, yes. So, that was made out of soapstone. Oh, okay. And it was carved out of soapstone in an image of, again, a Nomali god. That's what I was talking about, the variations. So, they begin, if you were to classify them as a pure Nomali, uh, Nomali would always have the uh, protruding eyes. Here's two Nomali. This is a twin stone, 1111, uh, if you will. You'll see the protruding eyes, the first lips, the short, squatty legs. Oh, yeah. nice. So those, that would be a Nomali god. What are they doing there? Are they doing the... Uh... Well, that's an interesting. You know, we get, when we get stones, sometimes they'll, because of my connections were deep in the bush, very unusual connections, they will give us information that would come traditionally down from the tribal leaders, those who would use the stones, the shamans. Then Professor Kwakua Foyanza will often contribute from an academic and a artistic perspective, a deeper artistic uh, interpretation that he would know of. And then we will take them to stone readers and they will hold them in their hands and stone whispers, I refer to them as, and they will tell us things which after they tell us Tell us, you often look at the stone, and it's kind of obvious. But hmm. Think of it before. So this particular stone, three different uh, pieces of or perspectives. The natives would say they give this to a, a mother who has twins. They call it a twin stone to protect the children and the mother during childbirth and after. And then Professor Kwakua Foyanza would say that this artistically represents when the physical being merges with the spiritual being and you reach a higher self. But on the other hand, the Nomali gods were said to rain down as stone on the earth. So is this an artist's depiction, would be the question that the uh, ancient alien theorists would have, of two Nomali 
coming down, if you will, in a bullet or a sarcophagus that then opened up, and this is what they arrived as. They hatched? Like in cocoon. Oh, right, because that's like it's like sitting in the bottom of that stone there. Yeah, you yeah. better really get along with that dude if it's a long flight. So that's interesting, eh? They, so flight. it's you know what's interesting is the god. It's almost like the gods were the myths of the gods were made after the stones, based on the stones, almost. You, you know, know when I mean? first seen it, you know what I thought? I thought it was like uh, um, a thing of our our self and our. You're your like your mirror as above mirror. so below oh, type okay. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yourself. Well, that would meet that would be more along the lines of what Professor Kakua Foyanza would see as the higher artistic uh, uh, inspiration. Ancient Jungians. Your ego and your higher self or something like that. <laughs> <Ancient Jungians. laughs> no, it's not even that. It's like your shadow <laughs> self. It's yeah, like your right. that's the yeah. where you do the healing and sort of the spirit world or the underworld or the whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what would you call it? Sure, we can call it that. So what? No, I don't think we can call. That it was that. the first stone I ever meditated with, and I don't know why, but uh, <laughs> it was interesting. I knew it was a crisis time. Well, how old are the how old are the the, the myths of the gods? I wonder. I guess. It, well, that I depends guess, on who you ask. Yeah, I, I mean, you don't really uh, know, but. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know anything. I wasn't there. But, you know, the <laughs> theory, the theories, not that I remember, the theories abound from like, uh, 13 to 17,000. There are, yeah. uh, you know, some in modern academia would say there weren't any civilizations there prior to 1,000 years ago. But there are those who ascribe to, and this brings in the concept of the blue stones, the connection to the Dogon, the genealogical connection between the Dogon and the Egyptians. And not to lose everybody, but the th- these things lend themselves to those who theorize two potential uh, histories. One, that Atlantis was one time off of West Africa, mm-hmm. and that there was an influence from Atlantis and the stones and in that region. The other, that long before Egypt had pyramids, there were advanced civilizations in West Africa. Yeah. And it's something that's believed uh, by the tribes also. Yeah, and that they had pyramids that were long ago absorbed into the jungle, and that they sent people out to Egypt and colonized it as a satellite, and built not the first pyramids, but bigger pyramids perhaps than they had built before there. Where are the, where where the majority of they geographically now? Just not far from Egypt. West West Africa. West Africa. Yeah. Egypt's West Africa, right? No, Farther Egypt down the is coast Northeast Africa. Oh, Egypt. that's Northeast yeah. Africa. Yeah. You know what's yes. interesting about West Africa is that current takes you right to North America. And the South The current America. takes you right to New Jersey. Yeah. I lived in New Jersey. We used to get stuff from West Africa. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's like... I mean, there's a lot of good argument for that's how black people got into the Caribbean and the southern, south, southern, you know, what we would call the United States now. And we just don't want to talk about that. We just, we brought them all in boats. Nobody was here. What are you talking about? There's no claim to anything. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Because is there any, because I think the, the interesting thing about North America is I think it, you know, when you look at some of the stuff that's coming out with Randall Carlson and Graham Hancock's where it's like most of the stuff that's been happening in North America along those lines, we don't know nothing about. So I wonder if they'll start finding those sort of artifacts in uh, the Americas. Is there any evidence of that now? 
I don't know of any. I know that there are figurines, of course, found around the world. We do have some. I started to mention about the various classifications. You have the ones that are fully normally gods. You have others on the opposite side of the spectrum, which are humanistic and represent often things like we have one with a mother feeding or holding their child. And that would represent values that they wanted the society to, to pay more attention to, pay attention to their mothers and children and reverence and protection. So now in the middle, you have stones which are a, a combination, like the chief stone is a combination of a nomali with the, cro the crocodiles going up the front and in the back, such as this stone here. And so he would have potentially some humanistic figures. Look at that, but, dude. Yeah, I like him. So he has a crocodile infused into his back. The crocodiles were uh, associated with the Nomali because the Nomali were said to be, well, the, the crocodiles were able to live in the water and on ground, so they were amphibious. Like someone Mayan. So this, but, is that Mayan? Yeah, well, that's, uh, that ties us into the Nomos of the, of the, uh, the Dogon, too. But again, you'll see here that this would have demonstrated that the chief was infused with the powers of the Nomali. And so you'll have variations. But what I was getting to is we also have um, very few, but we have some, uh, which have the elongated heads, similar to those you've wow. seen in other countries. See, that's a prime example. Uh, wow. So you ask, are is there, there two similar of them? Go ahead. Is there two of them side by side? Or is that a baby or something? That's his staff. Oh. That demonstrates that he's a chief and he has great authority and power. Wow. He totally looks like an alien. Yeah, he's alien looking, isn't he? <laughs> he yeah, like he looks does. like the Sigourney Weaver chasing alien. <laughs> <laughs> and then this one has oh, almost a helmet on, you can see. And again, the elongated head. So the answer to your question I'm getting to is that there are others around the world that are found which have similar uh, attributes or artistic impressions. Yeah. And if you look on uh, our website also, you'll see that Jeff the Shaman, interestingly, we, I, I put a stone in his hands a year and a half plus ago, and he's been using it for healing. But he kept thinking it reminded him of something, and he pulled out a stone that he had been gifted from uh, from a man who got it at Machu Picchu. And uh, amazingly, the image is very similar to the stone which he acquired from our collection. Hmm. Interesting. So how did you find the Dogon connection? Do you want to describe a little bit more about that? Yeah, my son and I, my son Quinn, he's... Uh, you know, he's the brains behind the operation. And uh, we were in, we've been uh, doing research for a couple of years, really rediscovering information that had just been, not been put out there for a long time. And in our studies, we looked into the Dogon and we found that the Dogon believed that, well, many people are familiar with the Dogon because they are said to have identified Sirius B, the ghost star, long before science was able to find it. And that their contention was that long ago, the nomos, gods, amphibious gods, came down in a whirlwind of fire and thunder and 
they delivered then this information that the mankind had originated from the third planet off of Sirius C. So we identify that, and then my son did some further research and found out about the, Mal the Mali Empire and about the, the Mende people's history and cultural history. And he identified that the Mali Empire had encompassed the areas where the Nomali are found, Sierra Leone, Guinea, and Liberia. And that we then did further analysis and came up to the idea that they could have been called the Nomos of Mali. And over time, that that became Nomali. So they're very close to each other, Nomos, Nomali, they're amphibious gods. And uh, so that was the connection to the Dogon that we were able to identify. Huh. Interesting. And the Dogon, again, are connected to Egypt through old, I think, ancient language, right? There's a, very, a, lot, uh, of the, a lot of the similar like root language, I think, is the same, isn't it? Or? I'm not as familiar with that as I know they are genealogically have been connected to the Egyptians. So the theory was automatically that they came out of the Egyptians, but there is a cross contention that the Egyptians were descendants of the Dogon. Uh, any of them found under water there at all? Is anyone, is, I'm not sure so what there is for- I was wondering that too, uh, where, the, where the sea levels yeah. rose after the after The, the sea was probably like 400 feet lower there 17,000 years ago. It'd be interesting. I think West Africa is a pretty sketchy place to go scuba diving and stuff. I don't know. Isn't there a lot of sharks and shit maybe? I don't know of any. I know they've been found on the Sherbro Island. Uh, it was one of the first places they were found. We Where's that? Places. That's off West Africa, just a small island off of uh, Sierra Leone. So I wouldn't, they could be in the water, but I don't know of any. The other thing that connects them to potentially to Egypt and to the pyramids is the blue stone in, in the form that they were found, uh, the blue sky stone. So Angelo Petoni was in charge of excavation for diamond mines. So he's looking for diamonds. I mean, that's his primary goal. He wasn't looking for Nomali stones, except for the fact that the natives believed that wherever Nomali had fallen, the stars in that area of heaven, when they turned to stone and came down, they were diamonds. So they believed that the diamonds, again, were came down with Nomali. As it turns out, Nomali have always been found where diamonds are, historically, so that there is some reason for them to have that belief and to if they find an Omali to begin looking for diamonds. So with this in mind, Angelo Petoni says to the chief, he says, look, if, if the sky turned to stone and fell down, then you must know where it fell. And the chief says, oh yeah, yeah, know where it fell. And he says, well, show me where it fell. And the chief says, well, I, I can't do that, but the shaman can. So he gets the shaman, the shaman takes him out and he finds the blue sky stone. Wow. And the blue sky stones are interesting in that they were analyzed also by laboratories and they were identified as being 77% oxygen. I don't understand what that means. So don't ask me, I'm not a geophysicist. How can a stone be 77% oxygen? I don't know. But the interesting thing is the color itself has yet to be able to be identified. Some form of organic matter 
not necessarily from Earth. And uh, they were found on the surface. But also, under the surface, there were 200-plus kilograms of the blue sky stones, according to his reports, found. And they were placed into the shape of a pyramid. So we don't know exactly how old or how long ago that was, but very likely it was before the pyramids in, in Egypt. Hmm. And that would raise the question of why would they build a pyramid-shaped configuration of blue sky stones under the ground. And uh, there have never been any other stones found anywhere in the world that compared to the blue sky stones. <laughs> That's really interesting. I wonder what happened there. Huh. So, so what are some other um, ages that have been identified or... And a friend of ours also has a question about whether luminescence dating would work here. I don't know anything about luminescence dating. Okay. Yeah, either do I. I know carbon dating won't work because they're stones. There's no organic material. So you have to find the strata. And, and that's what uh, Klaus, or that's what um, uh, Angelo Petoni did in the case of the stone with the ball bearing in it. But as they are found by natives, Diamond miners, diamond mine, mining operations, if you will, and uh, farmers, they are in an area which is, uh, there aren't scientists doing digs, and so they're, they're not grabbing the strata around them and testing yeah. it. There. Yeah. I mean, that's a sketchy part of the world to be hanging out in. It's most dangerous. Very much. Very much. And... Uh, that's why there are very few people who have connections inside the, inside the bush. Do you go there? And you've been there a few times? Nope. No? Now, long ago, I was approached a couple of times by those who wanted to engage me into the intelligence community for the United States. And one of those operatives was from Nigeria, and around the same time, another was from Sierra Leone. My friend Bill Diamonds, he would have been the true-to-life character that was portrayed uh, dramatically by Leonardo DiCaprio in Blood Diamonds. And Bill was that guy who long ago, when he found there were diamonds, the best diamonds in the world were in West Africa, went over and dropped in and found a guide and went into no man's land, came out many months later with friends and diamonds. and was in there as an operative for decades and was a foremost uh, intelligence um, character. So I didn't go to work with him in the country. He, wanted, he tried to recruit me essentially to uh, as an understudy, but I did uh, continue to be friends with him for years, a very interesting character. And while I had no interest in diamonds, nor in uh, espionage and skullduggery, I did have an interest in the artifacts that were uncovered and that he had acquired from the chiefs and the medicine men, women, and shamans in his uh, travails. So is that how, that's how you came across these stones then? Yes, and yes. And, and I should mention, too, as a shout-out to Bill, while I did go in looking for the money and it was... Uh, 
he was uh, motivated by diamonds. At the end of his life, he was, uh, it was the people that really held his heart. And he loved the children when he would go into the villages, would come running and uh, like taking food to them. So. Yeah. So what made you decide to go from finding these stones to publicizing them a little bit more and trying to get the word out, trying to get people to start researching them? Well, I collected them and had them for many years, and then I decided to reach out. And um, in fact, I was going to sell a couple of stones because the work I've engaged in has uh, drained my finances over the years, my uh, my investigative reporting, muckraking. And uh, I went out also just to find other people who knew about them because they're, you, know, you always like to share and find other people who maybe would have a collection you could look at compared to it. And that's when I found the anomaly, if you forgive the pun, pardon the pun, that um, no one knew about them. So what ends up happening is first you're like, well, how can I be a guy who found something that nobody else knows about? This is silly. I'm not nobody. But once you get past that, then you realize you have something really cool. And since no one knows about it, it is automatically kind of a responsibility. You take it on as something that should be out there. It's been purposely suppressed. These are infused with blessings that can help many people, not only the ones in our collection, but others out there that are not being activated, not being used in a world where these things are, are, are happening now. People are using new emerging modalities and they're not restrained by the previous limitations on thought. Yeah. So these are a great tool that, in my opinion, God has provided. And, uh, and it's fun. I mean, well, how much more fun? Do I, that's why you guys started the show, because you know something that a lot of people will benefit from knowing. And uh, if you don't put it out there, Nobody else is going to. So as surprised as I was that nobody else seemed to have any interest or knowledge about Nomali, even shows like Ancient Alien TV show, I took it as a challenge, and myself and my son took it as a challenge. And as we say, you know, we're doing the best we can. It might not be as good as anybody else would, experts in, uh, in any field. But if we weren't putting the word out there, nobody else is. And so now that's not true. Guys like you are introducing the Nomali to people, and, and they may own one. People listening right now may have a Nomali and not even know what it is, or run into one at their local market, and then start to activate these stones, and the blessing spreads, and, and uh, it's a good life. Yeah. What, uh, what kind of investigative reporting do you, did you do, or do you do as well on the side? Well, my moniker is, uh, is uh, Daddy Justice, and I began uh, in the very unpopular position of defending uh, falsely accused men in custody and divorce court primarily, also in criminal court. I uh, also got involved with helping uh, primarily fathers in the prejudiced courts which exist in America and Canada. But then I also have helped mothers primarily when they are accused falsely by the government, which is prevalent here as a profit center for government. That led me to, because of my, uh, my one friend who was an operative long ago in Washington, D.C., used to say, 
when you run into people that are so powerful and so wealthy that you can't touch them. You have to get them through ridicule and embarrassment in your own circle of influence. So we began to target corrupt judges, corrupt police officers, corrupt police departments, corrupt um, lawyers, and did short stories, uh, short pieces, videos, you know, hundreds over the last uh, many years. It's been 17 years since I got started on that trail. Wow. And um, have faced uh, 20 or 30 years in prison for charges that have been brought against me. Uh, represent myself pro se. And when we get involved in a case, we help people learn how to fire their lawyer and get something done. Wow. That's pretty But intense. that's a whole other mission. Yeah, so. yeah, that's a whole other mis mission, mystery, too. Yeah, wow. Well, that's important work, you know, the falsely accused. I mean, that's a. That's we'll a big link problem. to the videos. I found a whole bunch of Google pages here on Daddy Justice. This is great. Yes. Do you yes. guys have a Twitter account? I'd love to follow you. I don't think I don't, you know. You it's not, really, well, to be don't honest with you. Don't make one now if you don't have one. It's... Yeah, yeah. So, some of the videos have had hundreds of thousands of views for some reason. But primarily, we're just interested in uh, not how many people watch them, but who watches them. Yeah. So our videos are very targeted to have an impact on very powerful people's lives by impacting the people that they're directly connected to on a daily basis. And everybody else, if they watch it, that's great too. But we've got to the, the point where when we show up on a case, people start to be to uh, uh, act differently. So that means you've made quite an impact. Yeah. Generally speaking, when I show up in a courtroom, the judge will make comment. Yeah. Say, good day, wow. Mr. Vonderhyde. A pleasure to have you in our courtroom. Wow. It is Good for you. Good for you. The anti-lawyer I'm referred yeah. to. And do you have, is, I'm sorry if I missed it, but do you have a law degree or anything like that? No, no. I, years ago, about 10 or 12 years ago, a judge uh, kept inspiring me to get a law degree. And then there was a local man who offered to pay to send me to, to uh, law school. The problem with that is, is once you become a lawyer, you have to follow the judicial canons. You to follow and the rules. part of the judicial canons is you're not allowed to say bad things about judges. So I'm out already. <laughs> it's all these rules that I'm not subject to, pro se. I'm a citizen standing up for my constitutional rights. And they have tried to prosecute me for practicing law without a license. But everything I do is, uh, is legal. Yeah. You know, they get upset when I help people do things. But there's no law against helping people represent themselves pro se even to the point of helping them draft up documents and even to the point of helping them be prepared to go stand before a corrupt judge yeah. and make the right statements that really piss them off and make them want to stop abusing them and throw them out. A lot of times the best thing we can do is get the courts to realize they're not going to be able to feed off of this particular prey and they're best to just let this one go on. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. But that's a different animal. That's yeah. just your hobby. This is like a real life superhero. <laughs> it's very dangerous. I've had uh, uh, certainly numerous threats in my life. Uh, not too long ago, it, interestingly, when we uncovered a potential major fraud occurring by the police pension, uh, by the fraternal order of police, uh, someone tampered with my brakes and attempted to send me into a spiral. 
some years ago, I was investigating uh, another old cold case homicide, and there were two gentlemen came in with a shotgun and a pistol, and uh, all in black, and uh, um, made it clear that they didn't want me to investigate that anymore. So it's been, you know, that's why I'm having, we're moving over to the Stones. Yeah, yeah. I just turned 60. I have I've been facing charges for 17 years, seems like so. I don't get tired of that. Anymore. Yeah. So is there anything else uh, regarding the stones that you want to talk about? Anything else? What are you guys planning on doing in the future with them? Yeah, as a, as I see it, I think we're gonna the next thing that we're working on now is a TV show, which is interesting. We have a couple of uh very um, successful production companies involved uh, interested a couple different formats i'm not sure how much they want me to reveal except that they're interesting formats and uh the one that we have on our website involves telling the story of the history of the stones and then following them if you will beginning with an in, uh, the cgi and reenactment dramatization of the namali gods giving them to the tribal leaders long ago then follow the stone to the tribal ceremonies and rituals that they used the stones for. Then the show will depict the reenactment of my friend Bill Diamond's uh, acquiring the stone and what he would have been told about it and if he had seen it used before he acquired it, was gifted it. And then follow the stone to modern day uh, practices and see it, uh, see that particular stone applied and see the results. Awesome. Then after that, we're looking to do a, eventually a full-length feature film, which will be crossed between an Indiana Jones with uh, a healing element and a spiritual journey. Very cool. The hero's journey. Let me know if you need someone to uh, carry your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I could probably do a little act. I'm not much of a thespian though. My accents are pretty terrible. You can just you can just do your mushroom thing with them. That's that's your part. All right. <laughs> Graham, Graham could be in the movie. Are you are you sure you're not on mushrooms tonight? That's my question. Why do you say that? <laughs> <laughs> you're pretty cosmic. <laughs> well, isn't that the way to be? Yeah, yeah. No. Uh, Sometimes you never come back after a trip if you're lucky. <laughs> if you're lucky. The longer they let you stay, the better. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you guys need a Twitter account, that's for sure, so that we can retweet you, help get you Oh, there's there. one for the Stones. My son's saying there's one for the No Molly Stones. Oh, nice. Okay, well, we'll put that in there. We'll put all the all the links to everything in the show notes as well. Yeah, he got one started. He's up on that stuff. Nice. That's good. I'm the guy who chases people down who don't want to be filmed to put a camera out on, and that's <laughs> what I don't want to answer. That's, that's my specialty. Other what? people post it all after we edit it. I don't know how to tell them what to edit. That's my specialty. Which ep- technologically, I'm an old guy. Which episode of Ancient Aliens was it? Because it's season 13 now, is it? 14. Season 14. 144. Season 14, episode 4. Nice. One four four. All right. Excellent. I'll check that out. I haven't seen it yet. Admittedly, I don't. Uh, 
I don't have cable or nothing, but I can probably figure out a way to watch that. Well, on our site, ancientalienstones.com, we did put a little two-minute cut from it that uh, will explain to your viewers the the tie into the Nomali and the 17,000 years that shows the ball bearing stone and uh, connects them to the Dogon. So that's an interesting little piece that just to encapsulate. Yeah. The element of Nomali in that episode. Nice. Have you talked to Laird Scranton at all? I don't know that name. We've had him on once or twice, and he was, uh, if I remember correctly, he's got quite a big focus oh, on, on the, the Dogon. Dogon. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've been hanging out here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, not really uh, nearly as connected as you guys and other people out there and to what other people are doing. You know what? I don't know where he is, but I want to say he's not far from Pennsylvania. Yeah, we'll, we'll send you. I'll send you a link to his. Uh, we'll send you his contact info and stuff. Maybe he's a really interesting researcher. Fantastic, the best guy ever, too. Super nice guy. Don't say anything about Trump. Oh. I might change his tune. Oh really? Oh yeah. I don't know these things. Yeah. <laughs> that, that yeah, Trump really changed everything. He's <laughs> fucked up everything when it comes to like relationships. <laughs> What are you gonna do? Yeah. Be cosmic, I suppose. Yeah. Well, uh, well, I'm a libertarian, so I'm above all that. There you go. There you exactly. Go. <laughs> I was a libertarian. Well, we just talked to McAfee recently. He's uh, he's a big libertarian. He still he still wants to run under that banner. So, okay. Yeah. So maybe you can uh, don't vote for him. He doesn't want people voting for him though. So he just wants. Well, to, libertarians mostly don't vote anyway. <laughs> Exactly. That's right. <laughs> hey, hey, why did the libertarian cross the road? Because he fucking wanted to. <laughs> That's it. Am I being detained? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Perfect. Right on, Ben. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Uh, we wish you the best of luck. Uh, shoot me an email if you want to eat mushrooms with one of your... One of your little buddies, I have no problem doing that. We can record yeah. it and uh, we'll release it <laughs> and uh, we'll see what happens. You'll charge it with an extra dose of mushrooms and send it back. You I'll send it, it back extra cosmic. <laughs> we'll do that. All right. Right on, Thank Ben. Thank you for the opportunity. That's a great opportunity. R right on. Thanks for coming Thanks, on ben. the show yeah. and uh, we wish you and your son the best of luck. Many blessings. Okay. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for telling the world about No Molly. You're welcome. Anytime. Thank you. Peace. Peace. And that was our chat with Ben Vonderheide. What'd you think, oh, buddy? Yeah, it was fun. That was Interesting. Fun. Yeah, well, I do. I do want to get a little guy in the studio here. It got a little crazy for me in the beginning. I, uh, if anyone's wondering why I was look like a, having trouble paying attention for the first five minutes, it's because OBS crashed and the oh, live really? stream went down. Wow. The sound wasn't working. What's but, going uh, on these days with with everything? I don't know. It's ever since you took the computer home, so. I'm blaming you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. You got all porned out. Actually, that would be a big screen. <laughs> Maybe bigger than my laptop. I should, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's just not keeping up. We got a quote from George to get a custom-built streamer. Oh, really, eh? 900 bucks. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Can't do it. I know. Can't do it. Can't do wait. it. Next year, maybe. Maybe next year. Can, we trade, in our, can we trade in our other laptop for that? I guess we can't really, eh? Can what we sell some stuff on Kijiji? We're going to start selling stuff on Kijiji. How about you guys support the fucking show <laughs> so we don't have to have a garage sale? America.ca slash support. Huge thanks to Ben for coming on the show. 
Huge thanks to his son. I missed his name, but uh, for all the help with the technical side of things. And uh, yeah, maybe we'll get one of those little, those little dudes in here so you guys can get an up-close look at it. We'll put some pictures and some video out, and then we'll record a podcast with them on some mild hallucinogens. We'll see. Yeah, touch um, it, touch it, uh, you know, touch feel it. Touch it, like that. Touch it and feel it. Let, let it meditate with it on mushrooms. Do a whole spiritual thing with it. See what happens. We could uh, smudge it. You could. Yeah. Beforehand, I guess. Maybe after. after yeah, you, you might have to. After, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, come back anytime, Ben. Wish you the best of luck. Check out uh, Ben's website. Maybe, I know we got a couple out of you there that might, uh, we might get one person out of the Grand America audience that buys a stone. How often can you buy a piece of history? Grab yours today. Check out Ben's stuff while you're on you the think, internet. Check- you think LiDAR could pick those up? No. In the water? Under the water? Oh, LiDAR doesn't do under the water, does small, it? And it doesn't My, do under the we need, water. We need, a, we need a... Sonar, baby. Yeah. Something over the water. I don't know. Support the show. GrandAmerica.ca slash support. Uh, really does help. While you're on the internet buying stones, you head over to the support page, pledge a couple bucks a month on the Patreon, the PayPal, or the Stripe. And we truly appreciate it. Uh, we love you for it. You get does really up your karma a little bit. Makes us feel good. Makes you feel good. Makes the podcast a little better because everyone's feeling good. Doesn't get much better than that. Speaking of feeling good, we send you guys a bunch of good vibes so that you have a good weekend because we love you. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week. No longer anxious with time. No longer in my prime. A sliver of wisdom, a taste of ambrosia. Perfectly fine in my skin, even on a rainy day. Unraveling holograms, sifting through beach sand. You see a flash in the pan A metal detector A fool and his folly Snug as a bug in a rug In my humble abode Perfectly fine in my skin Even on a rainy day It's time Lags. Causing a time rift Then your body goes stiff Building up and building up and building up And breaking down and building up And building up and building up And breaking down and building up And building up Breaking through Look a shooting star A lucky streak from afar Yes, you're down on your luck and life is hard No worry, I'll be your bodyguard Building up and building up and building up Breaking down
breaking through